good. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you just sit down for a minute? Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Let me just share this one, this, this one verse with you. And uh, how's everybody doing tonight? I got to find the verse, so give me a second. You find it too. Whoever gets there first gets a prize. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, he's so good. Amen. It's in somewhere here in the New Testament, so I'm going to start in Matthew and look through. Uh, Amen. Okay, God is good. Back to you, Pastor Doug. <laughs> it's a very well-known verse of Scripture. It's really, it's really amazing. <laughs> Amen. Where's the chosen generation Scripture? Well, I'm all over First and Second Peter right now. I think I just read the whole thing. <laughs> there it is, right in front of me, right in front of me on that page. Uh, one of the ways that, uh, that this relationship with God works is, is that we, well, part of our, our part of it, our relating to Him is, uh, you know, one of praise, one of worship, one of thanksgiving. But it is a constant declaration on our part of saying who He is and what He's done. We just did that a little bit. And uh, we're, we are saying and we are declaring that He is holy. And we're, and, and you know, you never, never get told. You know, we never run out. You're, you know, you're faithful. You're the healer. You're my redeemer. You're, you know, we're making the statements. You are this, and, and you can, and you have done this, and you, you know, it's all good stuff. And the more you say it, and the more you proclaim it, the more he's glorified. He receives it when you say it from your heart. Amen. And sometimes when you don't feel like saying it, you stir yourself up and say, I'm going to say it because he is it, not because I feel like saying it. Right? And in that, he's glorified because we declare and we make a choice. Sometimes, you know, the scripture uses the language of offering a sacrifice of praise. Yeah? And sometimes, you know, we don't feel like it and sometimes, but he still is it. So we say, you are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are holy. You are fill in the blank. Amen. And there's a whole lot you can fill in. I mean, use scriptures, otherwise you come up with all kinds of funky stuff. <laughs> you don't want to say you are something that's not right, because that's not praise, right? Uh, but we say that. But when we say that to him, what do you think he is saying to us? This is not a one-way conversation. This is not a one-way relationship. This is no monologue with the Lord. Huh? This is not us doing all the talking and him doing all the silence. Amen. But he is also doing some talking. He is also, in fact, he has far more to say than we have to say. I mean, think about it if you know everything. Sometimes we stop praising because we run out of things to say 
not because they're not there or they're not true. It's because we haven't grasped it. So we switch over into, into tongues. And that's doable. Thank you, Lord, for that help. You know, I ran out of words in my language so I can praise Him in a heavenly language. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Verily you give thanks well when you praise Him in an unknown tongue. Amen. You get beyond the confines of your own limited thinking and mentality and mind and knowledge and you step over into eternity and praise Him as if you're standing there right before His face and glorify Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. But then what's He saying? Does he ever run? Does he have to speak in tongues? <laughs> he doesn't need to. You know, God's not a tongue talker. You know, he doesn't need to. Why? Because he knows everything. He has plenty to say to each and every one of us. And I'm telling you, the way part of this works is this. I declare who he is, and he declares who I am. And it's important that we also hear that voice from him, that message of him declaring who we are. Because if I don't get who I am from him, I will get who I am from someone else. From someone who knows this much. They might have a big microphone or a platform or some type of influence in this world, but their pea brain does not have the ability to tell me who I am. It does not have the ability to define you as a child of the Most High God, filled with His grace and power, filled with His strength and His might, filled with his, all of His glory. I don't have the ability to fully communicate it. He does. So, so how can I get Him to, to, to tell me stuff like that? Don't worry about His part. Don't be concerned about that. Just declare who He is. And the more you know who he is, declare it. That's praise. It's worship. Tell him again. You're, you know, sometimes people say, how come you sing the same words over and over? Because they get better each time we say them. <laughs> Why are we reading the same verses over and over and over and over again? In part because we haven't got it yet. <laughs> Two, because if something really is true, if, if you really do get it, you want to read it again. When you say, Lord, you are holy, and it ignites something in you, you say, I want to say that again. <laughs> Amen. I know sometimes as a, as a preacher, I find myself getting into that, where you say something, and you realize as you're saying it, ooh, amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you realize, that didn't come out of here. That came out of here. That didn't come from my, even my study. That came from the Holy Spirit. And, and when you say it, you think, ooh. I want to say that again. Why? When it's right, when it's true, when it's good, when it's real to you, it's worth doubling up and tripling up and quadrupling up. Hmm? Let's say it again. Let's do it again. Let's sing it again. Let's praise it again. Amen. And so that's, that's our part. I don't need to be concerned about anything else other than this. Have a right perspective of who the Father is that when we speak, He also speaks. That when we talk to him, he also talks to us. He rejoices over us with singing. So not only are we singing his name, he's singing our name. Yeah, I want to get my, my identity in him. 
I want to find my knowledge of who I am and what I can do and what this whole world is all about from what he says to me. So I'm going to keep declaring him, his goodness, his, eterni- his, his eternal value and worth, and <laughs> I'm just going to worship him. So what does that have to do with this scripture? Well, verse 9 Thanks for finding that, by the way, for me. Second, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, but you are a chosen generation. So he's, he's saying these things back to us, telling us who we are, a royal priesthood. See, if we're defining or thinking of ourselves as anything less than chosen, royal priesthood, able to stand before our God, a holy nation. Do we think of ourselves as unholy or unworthy or anything, of, anything like that? Then, then, then we've got, we're listening to the wrong voice. We say, you are holy. And he says, and so are you. So, well, he doesn't say that about us. Yes, he does. If you're in Christ, if you've received the blood of Jesus to wash and make you holy and clean, then he absolutely said, we say, you're holy, he says, so are you. Holy nation chosen, royal, his own special people. Praise God. The Lord ever called you special? Yes, he has. He did right here. And if when you're worshiping, you hear it again, you can check here and and you know, yep, that was the right voice. Yep, that, that was the father I heard right there. See, many times we think of ourselves as being on the outside. He says, no, you're on the inside. We think of ourselves as lacking and having nothing. He says, no, I've given you everything. You've got it all. You've got me. You've got all my power and glory within you. Well, I'm just powerless and weak. No, you didn't get that from him. No, 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 no. That's not what he said about you. That's what someone else said. Religion taught you that bunk and baloney and nonsense. Nonsense, but the Lord said, I've been, I have given you my power and authority. I have authorized you to represent me in the earth, to go forth in my name, to tread on serpents and scorpions and all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's who the Lord says you are. And we get it from him. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's so many times that he tells us things that we are no longer. You know, you read over and... Uh, uh, yeah, Galatians, uh, I'm thinking about the fourth chapter, he tells us no longer, uh, no longer servants and slaves, but now you're this. You're no longer this, now you're this. I think it's over, it, yeah, it's over in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm getting a little sharper as I go uh, <laughs> with my verse recollection. Uh, uh, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. No, no, the, but, but now you've been brought close to him. No longer on the outside, but now I'm on the inside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, hear the Lord's voice as he talks to you. Hear the Lord's voice as he declares who you are and what you have and what you can do. And then shout out again, and you are holy, and you are good to me, and you are kind and faithful all the time to me. And say it loud and clear, and he'll shout, he'll shout your name again. Saying, you are mine. You are in my family. You are not on the outside. You are not a mess going somewhere to happen. You are not just a wreck of a human being, a waste of flesh, wasting the oxygen. You are mine. I've chosen you. You're royal. You're holy. You are my special people. It's not going to be, not someday in the off-distant future when we go to heaven, right here, right now, he declares us as such. Hallelujah. Now listen, listen. I want him to receive my praise. 
When I say, Lord, you are good, you are holy, I want him to say, thank you. I received those kind words and, and thanksgiving. I ought to receive his words too. You ought to receive his words in, to, in your life. When we read things like this, agree and say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, you're so good. Then go ahead and declare he, who he is again. And he'll tell you who you are. Thank you, Lord. I receive that. You know, you don't, wanna, you don't like to give a present. You go through great effort. You give someone a present. And they say, oh, no, I could never accept that. I could never take that from you. No, seriously. I, I put some thought and effort into this. I want you to have it. He wants us to, to have stuff. Did he put any effort into it? I'm thinking Jesus on the cross is a little bit of effort. Did he put any forethought into it? I'm telling you, before the foundations of the world, he had a plan for his son to redeem us. Amen. Praise God. Well, I don't want to take all your time, Pastor Doug, but see, he's running the service tonight, and, uh, but he asked if I had anything, so <laughs> it's a dangerous thing to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well I, don't, well, I don't have anything planned to say, so that works great. <laughs> so you can take all the time you want. You know, it reminds me of when Peter, you know, he, uh, Jesus asked him, or he asked the disciples, he said, who do, who do men say that I am? And then they would say, well, some say, you know, you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah. And then, and then he turned and he said, well, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter says, you know, the, the guy that wrote this, right? He's the one that we just read that verse that Pastor Mark just read. He wrote that book. He, he turns to Jesus and says, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the Christ. And Jesus, hearing what Peter just said, turns around and said, you know, he, first he says, you know, uh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Holy Spirit has. And, and then he says, and you, Peter... You are the rock on which I will build my church. And he starts immediately defining who Peter is. And immediately, as soon as, soon as Peter recognizes, man, I'm, this, is, this is the Son of God. This is Jesus. And he starts declaring it and saying the, what, who God is. All of a sudden, he gets defined. All of a sudden, he gets his assignment. All of a sudden, he understands his identity and what his role is and what he's supposed to do in life. And I think so many times we get lost in what are we supposed to do, how are we supposed to, to, to behave, how are we supposed to act, and we haven't, spent enough def we haven't spent enough time defining God. We haven't spent enough time declaring who he is. We, the body of Christ is so, uh, they're so messed up in this, in this regard as far as who God is, the nature of God, you know, how good he is. If you, if you talk to, to Christians you might hear things uh, like, you know, I wonder what God's doing by this. And they'll give some natural disaster or they'll give some event that's happening. And, and then I'm like, you're, you're defining God that way? Well, no wonder you think the definition of you is uh, sinful. You, the def, the, the, you look at yourself and your identity is someone uh, who's worthless, who's nothing, who's just, you know, a vapor in the wind. No wonder you look at yourself as so low, you look at God that way. And that's who you say God is. You haven't been defined by him. You, you know, the, the, the word saints, 
This is something I found out not too long ago. The word saints in, in the New Testament, when Paul is talking to the churches and he'll write to the saints at Corinth and things like that, you guys know what that word means? That, that word is actually the word holies, the plural version of the word holy. And so, you know, if you look up the Greek word and you find out where else it's used, it's used a lot of times in the context of holy, describing God. And what's interesting is it, it's the same word. The word that describes God as holy is the same word that describes us as saints as holies. There's, there's, no, there's no difference in holiness. You either are or you aren't. There's no like, well, there's like super holy and then there's half holy. There is no half holy. There's no three quarters holy. You're either holy or you aren't. And, and he say, he's saying to us, you guys are saints. You guys are holies. They, they would go around talking to each other back then, saint so-and-so, saint so-and-so. What, what, are they, what are they keeping at the forefront of their minds? We're holy. We are holy. We are, we are set apart. We're sanctified. We are, we are sacred. We are something that is of divine nature. Come on, that's, that was just their thought pattern. Th- think about how contrary that is to the church today a- as a whole, that we are of divine nature, that we have literally partaken of the divinity, where, where we are not, you know, some, would, some people freak out when you talk about this kind of stuff, but this is Bible, that we are sons and daughters of God. That means that we have his DNA running through us. And that it's, not, it's not too much to say, you know, that, that we've been made a little bit lower than him, right? You know, that, that, that verse I read earlier in, um, in Psalm 8, I'm going to go back there. You know, here's David having some of these same thoughts. If you look at verse 3 and 4, I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. It says, look up. David's saying this to God, I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Verse 5, yet we've so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's Eden's dawn light, you put us in charge of your handcrafted world. Repeated to us your Genesis charge, made us lords of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild, birds flying and fish swimming, whales singing in the oceans deep. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the, around the world. So, you know, the, the New King James says that we've been made just a little bit lower than him. And for us to think otherwise is to, to not look at things the way God does. You know, when he created us in, in Genesis, you know what he said? He said, let's make man in our image. Not let's make man as a dog and I am his master and he's my pet. And we're just, you know, two different, two different creatures. No, we're, we're the same. We're of the same source. We're of the same DNA. Come on, you guys know the, you guys know the verse that says um, that we are now new creations in Christ Jesus you guys know that it also says that the, the Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren? Come on, that's like saying that Jesus is my, is my bro. 
he's my bro. You know, this, this idea that says that we're, that here's God and here's me, and we're so vastly different, and we're so far, far apart as far as who we are. You know, if you could see in the Spirit and you had a mirror, you, you'd probably look a lot like Jesus. You'd probably look pretty much identical as far as what you're capable of, the power that you hold, obviously the authority that's been given to you as, as someone who's been charged to do what he's done. And, and you know, God, he's not worried that, that we're, you know, by him calling us that, he's not worried that we're going to, like, get some of his praise or something. He's, he's not worried about, you know, hit an, an ego issue. He doesn't have, like, this big ego issue where, you know, oh, how dare you call yourself almost me? How dare you call yourself that? No, he's saying, come on. I wanted, I created you to be with me because I wanted someone that was like me. He didn't want someone that was like the angels, that wasn't like him. He wanted someone that was like him. He wanted someone that he could relate to and that was creative, had the ability to create, had the ability to speak things into existence, had the, the ability to, to have dominion and manage. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so we have to look at ourselves, man, I'm, I'm something special. I, I, God created me, and when he created me, he didn't make a mistake. He didn't, you know, if we look at kind of the way that we do life, I, I have this thought often, um, just, just in, in everything that we do, um, I, I wonder how tainted it is by the world. I wonder how tainted our thought process is, the things that we just naturally think are true. Um, how tainted are we by this world? And how, how tainted are our, our image of ourself by, by this world? I mean, if, if you look, can, you, can anybody name a TV show that portrays you as this, is what, what we're talking about, that portrays a man, a, a human, as something other than just flesh and blood and human and, you know, oh, I'm just, just able to get by by the skin of my teeth and... The, the world does not portray mankind as what God says about us. It just doesn't. And so my thought is, everything that I think about myself, everything that I do, all the things that, that the ways that I am, the ways that I think, I want to have that on the altar, meaning it's subject to change. It's subject to, to me thinking, you know, I know everyone in the world thinks this way, but, but should I? But is it is just is it, do I think that do I have this thought in my head about who I am or about the way things really are? Is that just because I live in 2018? Have you ever thought about that? For example, you know, a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, if you were if you were alive a hundred years ago, what what would you think about divorce compared to what what we think about divorce today? You know what I mean? The, those things that society d thinks, oh, if, if, you, if, if he's not making you happy, if she's not making you happy, well, you deserve someone who does. So just boot him to the curb and find the next schmuck that's going <laughs> to take on the burden of making you happy. <laughs> like, that's the way our society thinks. Did we think that way 100 years ago? No, we didn't. 
And, and I think, so how much of what we do, how much of what we, the ways that we think, are they, are they just something that society has said and the way you've grown up and the ways that you've been uh, stuck in your whole life? And it's those thought patterns that, that we have to break or else we're going to be stuck there forever. And you know, the, the Bible says that it's the traditions of men that make the word of God of no effect. So that's what these are. That's what these are. They're traditions. They're, they're things that have been passed down or, or they're things of this society that are just, they're wrong. They're, they're evil. And we th- sometimes think, oh, that's the way it is. That's, that's, this is just how I am. I'm just this way. What, what verse do you have on that? What, what, what has God said about you in that issue? You know, some things like sin. Oh, I just get stuck. I'm just a sinner. I, I'm, what, what else am I going to do besides sin if I'm a sinner? I just get stuck in these, these patterns. You know, they're, they're, I hear this by, by Christians a lot. Well, we, we, all, we all are going to sin. We're all just going to, going to sin. And I think... Is that a Bible verse? <laughs> no, seriously, like literally, almost every Christian thinks this, that we are just going to keep repeating sinful habits and you know, our sinful nature is just going to be something that we live out till Jesus comes back. And I think, is that, is that what the Bible says? My Bible says that the bride uh, washes herself clean, that the, that the bride presents herself spotless and blameless at the coming of the Lord. I mean, if that were the case, and we know that's going to happen, we know it's already said that that's going to take place, then I have to say, well, maybe this thought process of I'm just going to keep repeating the same bad habits, I'm going to keep stepping into the same sin that I've always have, maybe, maybe that's just a lie that we've adopted. Maybe that's not what God's actually said. Because what God has said to us is that we're holy. We're called saints. And you know what holy people, holy God, holy beings do? Well, they don't sin, right? They don't. And there's actually a scripture in John that says, um, anyone who is born of God does not sin. Wrap your minds around that one for a second. (laughs) What? I've been saved and I know I am. I know I'm a son of God. Well, he's talking about your spirit. And you have to have an identity of your spirit. Your spirit is, you know, you know that your spirit, uh, that it says that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. What are you sealed from? You're sealed from corruption. Corruption that comes from sin. Corruption that comes from outside sources. And you know God, he's a spirit, right? And he deals with us spirit to spirit. He doesn't deal with us spirit to flesh. So when, so when we, you know, sometimes approach God and we just have our heads hung low and we're thinking of all the things that we've blown it and how much we disappoint him and, and, and these same sins that we've been stuck in over and over and over again, and we sit there and you know, you know what God's thinking. He's like, I've, for, I've forgotten your sins. I've paid for your sins. And I, and I see your spirit as holy and righteous and we've never been, we've never left each other. And your spirit, when you got born again, it came into perfect uh, connection and communion with God, and that's never changed. Never, not once. No matter how much sin you've done, no matter how bad your life has gone, you and God, he said, I would never leave you, and I will never forsake you. 
And, and then Jesus goes on to say that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Not death, not nothing. Would that include sin? Absolutely. I mean, isn't his blood powerful enough? I mean, we, we, if we want to say, well, no, what if, well, sin separates us from God. Uh, maybe it separates our thoughts from thinking that we're with God, and it separates us as far as our conscience, and we, so we feel like there's something that's separating us. But what's reality? He's never left. We're still like this. And he's sitting there saying, hey, I'm still here. You can't get... You, you, sorry, you, you, can't, you can't get rid of me by just making a few mistakes. Come on, you didn't do enough good things. You didn't do enough good things to get connected, to be made righteous, to be made holy. Can you do enough bad things to walk out of it? You can't. So he's so good. He loves us so much. And he's sitting there saying, I've forgotten your sin. And, and, this, and this, by the way, is the power to overcome those sins that we continually step into, those sins that, that, that are habitual, and those, things, those thought patterns of, well, I'm going to do this, so what's the point of asking for forgiveness? What's the point of, what's the point of coming back to God? I'm just going to keep doing this over and over again. Anyone ever have that thought before? Okay, everyone's a liar. No. Uh, <laughs> I know I have. I, I've had that, well, if I'm just going to do this again, then what's the point? And, and the point is, there truly is the power, the grace of God that gives us the ability to overcome sin, that gives us the ability to stop it. And, but we have to have this mind shift. I'm, I'm holy. I'm righteous. I am one with God. And there's nothing that separates me. And so therefore, if I am those things, then I do those things. And if I am those things, then I don't do those bad things. I don't do those evil things. I mean, those, these are thoughts that will run across your, your head in the middle of about to do something stupid. Oh, wait a second. I'm holy. What am I thinking right now? Wait a second. What am I thinking? I'm, I'm righteous. God and me are right here. And he's seeing everything I do. And he's hearing everything I'm hearing. And he's doing everything with me because he's in me. So he's sitting there like, come on. You're holy. You're righteous. The power to overcome that is inside of us. It's not, it's, there, you are not stuck in a dead state. You are not stuck in a sinful state. You have been made holy. You have made, been made perfect. You know, one thing I say to the kids um, is, you know, if, if heaven is a perfect place and you put a bunch of people who are imperfect in a perfect place, What's going to happen to that perfect place? It's going to go downhill really fast. And so, therefore, we can conclude that everyone who's in heaven, they're perfect. They are perfect. You know that them in heaven, that perfection that they have there, that started here, right? They were perfect first here because the only way you can get in is being perfect. That's the only way you can get, get through the door. You don't, get, you don't get in being sinful, you don't get in with a bunch of sin, sin in you. It just doesn't happen. Can't, it can't happen. I mean, that's why Jesus had to come and die. So he could make us perfect. And he calls us that. And he's, he's declared it over us. So can we, can we say, you know what? I'm going to agree with God. I'm going I'm I'm to let the ways of this world fall off me. I'm going to let those thoughts 
of condemnation, those thoughts of um, I'm just, this is who I am, I'm someone that sins. I'm, this is who I am, that I'm um, a narcissist or I'm just a, whatever the label is that is not God, is not what God has said, meaning um, I'm an adulterer if you've done that. I'm um, a divorced person if you've done that. By the way, all those sins, forgiven, forgiven. And God's calling you back into just an amazing connection with him. And that happens when you say, God, what you said is true. I am righteous, I am holy, and there's nothing that separates you and me. So here I am. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, well, that's, that's all I got. Any, anything from you guys? Got anything? You're looking at me like, yep, but I don't know what to do. You want to say something? Ears? No, I'm just saying ears. Oh, you, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. Hey, who, who here has, uh, is having ear problems, like uh, hard of hearing? Yeah, you probably can't even hear me. Yeah, yeah. I almost did it. I almost thought I was around a circle of close friends and was about to start doing sign language, but I only know how to say I love you. And I'm hungry. I know how to say I'm hungry. Who here... Who's having an ear problem? You? Awesome. You know what? Ron, you're her husband, right? Right? Ron, that's what I said. Ron, you're her husband. Okay, put your hand on her ear. Which ear is it, sweetie? Okay, put your, put your hand on her ear. Right now, I command that ear right now to open up in Jesus' name. Right now, open up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How is that? better like from zero to ten ten or well that's not my god is that your god my god's a complete god ron put your hand on her come on right now it's as easy as that open up here right now right through that canal in jesus name command that stupid 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 Little demon, get out of there right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> there it is, gone. Open up. Thank you. How is it now? Mine still bothering me, so I'm assuming yours is still bothering you. Yeah, that's exactly. Right, like right deep in here, huh? This is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I command that to open up right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, glory to God. How is it? Amen. Mine's better. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm not hearing an echo like I'm in a tunnel. Well, at least mine's golden. How's yours? Golden? Golden. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Doug, you got it. God just had to show off one more time. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's take up the offering. We'll, we'll, we'll...